The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. What's up, champ? How are you? I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you again. So you have uh, been on a journey, my friend. A lot of things have happened. First of all, congratulations on securing this fight. That is a big deal. A lot of people doubted it was going to happen. You were right. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was a big deal. It wasn't easy. Um, but we finally get it. You know, I get a, um, a help of a lot of people. And the Saudi were very, were very interested about this fight. Yeah, it was one of those fights where you had to take a big gamble by relinquishing your UFC crown. And I didn't relinquish anything. You didn't relinquish it. Yeah. What t- well, fill me in then. Tell me what happened. Well, we didn't come to an agreement. You didn't come to an agreement. Yeah. So you decided, I'm not signing with the UFC. You're a free agent. Yes. And then, did ne- negotiations then start for the Tyson Fury fight? How did it? How did it start? Um, you know, it's been like four years since Tyson Fury and I we've been uh, going back and forth on social media. So there was a little bit of a warm up somewhere there, and. Uh, it, it kind of like take a couple months before we get to to a conversation. You know, it wasn't just easy. Those boxing promotion, the boxing war is a little wild. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah it's completely different. It's a different animal. In what way? Like explain to us. The way that they, they do things, you know, uh, it's a this guy from this promotion fighting with this guy against this guy from this promotion who has a better position who has what to lose who is getting what and then how them kind of like put things i would not say manipulate but a little bit like that everybody trying to adjust things on his own benefit mm-hmm. look what is good for him which is good but uh yeah a lot of boxing fights don't get made yeah they get talked about for a long time like tyson fury and Usyk. For a long time, it was Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. They get talked about for a long time, and they almost get made, and then they don't get made, and they almost get made, and then they don't get made. A lot of politics behind. Yeah. A lot of promotion that uh, will be behind the fight just to, you know, push their position. Everybody yeah. is pushing his position. It's not more. It's not mostly about the fight. It's about like, okay, what we. We control the game. Do we have enough control here? Do we control everything? As yeah. Yeah. So was it frustrating for you? Because I imagine there was a while where you weren't sure whether or not it was going to be made. Uh, it wasn't frustrating. You know, um, before I made my I, I made my decision uh, uh, when I separated with the UFC and I knew. I mean, long time before, like I remember even when I fought Seringan. Uh, even before that fight, I t- I was telling myself, and I was even telling this on interview, like, okay, if this is the end, then he has to end my way, you know. So, um, not because I was sure that it's gonna happen. I knew that he could have not happened, right? But I was I was to be in peace with my decision. So that's uh, that's the thing about it, and I'm very. Uh, happy that it happens makes it even better but I knew there was a risk that he didn't happen but I had to take a chance so what was the hold up with the UFC like what what 
what led you to not sign? There was a lot of frustration over the years. I think since my fight against uh, Stipe, my first fight against Stipe, uh, my relation with the USA never been the same. Really? Uh, yeah. Why? In what way? I don't know. We try. I try everything. I wasn't. I. W- I didn't. I wasn't. Uh, in the. I feel like I wasn't in the right place. And at, so after that, uh, then I get the. A directly with fight who was like the worst fight and that didn't help me at all you know so i was i think from that moment i was already put in some position out there because i came back i won uh i won multiple fight and they came with a new deal this was after junior dos santos back in june 2017 and then they, uh, he was a um, make who call for a new deal, and then until my team was on the way to the negotiation, uh, who was in Anaheim when Stipe and uh, DC was fighting the second time, and then they were like, no, they didn't say no, no new deal for Francis. He has, he, he still have three fight on his contract, and to be honest, I was even happy because I wanted to knock that deal out. By that time, I understood a little bit about the market. I just wanted to fight out my contract and renegotiate as free, you know. But then a month after, we get a call from, I think, was Hunter or somebody there? Yeah. They say, oh, yeah, let's nego- let's talk about a new deal for Francis. And at that time, I'm um, like, there's not a new deal. Um, we all like, we just want to fight, you know. It's already September or, yeah, we are, we are in September. And uh, my last fight was in June. I want to fight, you know. So the new deal staff be holding me back. They didn't give me a fight. Because so they wanted you to sign a new they deal. They wanted me to and fight a new deal. you didn't want to sign a new I deal. You want wanted to fight your contract down. I want to fight my contract down. So, so they were slowing things down. They were slowing things down. So that if you see like the interval between my Junior Dos Santos fight and Jairzinho Rosenstroke fight was almost a year. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's also COVID, you, right? Yeah, it, there, there was a COVID in between, but without COVID, it would have still been like 10 months, right? And then from Junior... from. Rosenstroke to Stipe, same thing. Then Stipe to Sirengan, almost the same thing. He was mostly about the contract. So uh, then, finally, you fight out the contract, and then what happens? We didn't come to a agreement at all because during this time, there was still a negotiation pushing and stuff, and I wanted to fight out that contract. Mm. proposal of money obviously they know my position because i was pressure financially you know when you have a fight you expect to fight at least at that level at that moment i was expecting to fight at least two or three times a year right then i get to the point that i have a one i have one fight i have nothing so i was uh, limited of income stuff like that Mm. then i started borrow money even before the Stipe fight, when they announced that fight, I need to call to ask for advance of my purse to finance my training camp. I have no money, mm. but I was I was there training and getting ready for 
almost a year. Uh, so I took some advance. So That's got to be very stressful. Yeah, but one thing, and that's like one thing that I'm always grateful about my life. I used to this situation, and I told myself, like, these people, they don't know me. I can live out of nothing. You know, I live in what, the what I live did. in the street, bro. Yeah. Like, and then I'm here in Las Vegas. You think like, okay, I don't fight. I just have to change everything. I'm able to live out of the best bare minimum, and I don't care if I walk around. You guys say, oh, champ, oh, that's a UFC contender, whatever it is, man. I just live based of what is in my uh, base of my asset. I don't live beyond that. That's why, like. I don't really trust those credit card system or those loan and stuff. That's America shit, bro. I don't, <laughs> I don't trust that because when he lets you down, he lets you down. Yeah, for sure. I check my, I check my wallet, whatever is in my wallet. I live based on that. Mm. I don't go loan and stuff unless like I'm forced at some point or I'm is an investment like having taking the money, borrowing money for your training camp, you know. Right. That's a different different thing. So you win the Cyril Gon fight, then what happens? Well, then um, first then I didn't come to the ring, to the octagon for the belt. Mm. Yeah, and then after that, they get this, this dinner, uh, invite us to this dinner, trying to smooth things out. Again, the condition at that time, I think at that time for me, he was more than a contract. He was like a lot of frustration from the past almost three years, you know. I'm like, okay, I have no guarantee that signing this contract, I will not get into what uh, I was, I have been to in the past three years. So how about we change something that will make me feel secure? And what did you want to change? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things I want in my contract first of all I want a contract without extension because I have seen how they can abuse of those extensions can you explain to me how the extension works oh well I mean there's not a, a way that he works the extension is that um, because they say if, the, if you deny a fight they can extend you for six months or something, if you're hurt and can't fight, they can extend you for six months or something. But the problem, the UFC is the judge and the party. They decide if they will extend you. You have no say. So when they say, oh, you fight tomorrow, you say, uh, no, no, I'm like, okay, no problem. We were just checking. And then maybe a week after you will receive a letter of extension, like your contract has been extended for uh, six months. And that's what happened with me. Uh, when even I if you're injured, like say if they propose a fight for you, like here we are in September, mm -hmm. if they propose a fight for you in Madison Square Garden in November, and you say, I can't because I'm injured. Oh, no, that extension. Then they put up a six-month extension oh, yeah. contract. That's extension. That's Anytime you refuse a fight? Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm. And refuse is subjective right depend of it, the term of subject. you can't fight because you're injured like when you tore your knee ligaments oh no like, that is a extension extension yeah, yeah. that's clearly extension 
for example, uh, my extension, for example, the first one, when I get, when I first tip it, right? And I have been fighting almost once a year in the past three years. Mm-hmm. I first tip it on March 27, and then April 2nd, Mick is calling my team. Can, and I tell them like, oh, I, I want to fight, stay active. I want to fight twice this year again. Summer, which is July or August and December. And then April 2nd, they are calling to ask me to fight and I was getting ready. It was a big moment in my life. I'm like, I'm bringing this trophy home. This trophy right. home, right? You're the champ so, now. Right. And they called to ask me if I can fight in June 12th. Uh, it was June 12th, yeah. June 6th or something like that. Well, I'm like, bro, give me a time. I mean, I, they say, no, we were just offering in case because Francis said he want to fight twice this year. I'm like, yes, I do. And I said July, the earliest, and uh, August and December. And uh, I know that I can take one, two weeks, uh, two, three weeks out, maybe go home, do stuff, and come back. Mm. And I'm like, no, 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 uh, totally understandable. Understandable. Uh, he was just to check uh, in case it worked for you. Mm. It, was, it wasn't really. A <laughs> couple months after, I received an extension about that. But you know why? Because my contract originally supposed to end in um, May, May 20th of that year. Mm-hmm. So if my contract end on May 20th at that year, that means the uh, championship close kicks in, which is one year. Um, but if they extend me, I have to go all the way to the extension before the championship close kicks in. So it was more time. Mm. Yeah. So, and when they say, no, it's okay, no problem, we were just checking. And uh, I was in Cameroon in uh, on May 19th so one day before my original contract which was 14 months expired and then the championship kick in i received an extension letter i was in cameroon suffering of covid at that time so i received an extension letter so now i'm extended until november 20th even though you told them you wanted to fight in july yeah so they just tack on. So oh, no, they just tack on. And you have nothing to say. Mm. It's effective from the moment that they send that letter out. Okay, so your new contract, <laughs> you wanted no extensions. That's one thing. Yeah, makes sense. that's one thing. Okay. What was, the, was one of them the ability to box? One of them was the ability to box. They said that wasn't an option. Boxing is dead. It's not possible. This and that. Now, what does that feel like to you knowing that Conor McGregor did it? And fought Floyd Mayweather and made a hundred million dollars. What is that like for you to be sitting there, being told that you can't box? Well, uh, I don't used to. I don't used to take what people tell me for an answer. Mm. Right. Right. I used to do my own thing. Right. On my in my on my own way. Right. And it seems to work pretty good. So, but. I wasn't going to force to change everything. I wasn't expecting to go there and demand this, demand that, and just right. have everything. You know, it's like 
is a big company. It's like an institution, right. you know. So there is a way that they do things, right. and that can change. So I'm like, okay, if that's if so, let's take boxing out. Why? Because give me three fights, contra of three fight. I was I knew that I can knock a three fight contract in a year. And then from that moment. I was free because I want I want a middle ground like an alternative a way to get out by giving something out mm-hmm. you know right. to get something at the end got it you know because it's really hard to get in the negotiation and just like oh I want this I want that and want that and right. stop there at some point you have to compromise to push back give something in order to get something yeah so stuff like that um was the thing that I was about it and um that seems to be attractive to them so one uh, three fight deal no extension that seems to be attractive two fight was supposed to be potentially john jones fight and rematch and one fight is the trilogy with stipe mm. that was the request and work for both party then um we get to <laughs> we'll get to another point, sponsorship deal. Why sponsorship deal? Because um, before that, I had a deal. After the Stipe fight, I, have, I had a, a deal on the table for over a million dollars for a cryptocurrency wallet. So I was going to have like, I think 1.2 million, which is the money that I didn't, I never had in, in the fight. I was going to have that in the sponsorship and the deal was this close to sign. And then they announced the crypto.com deal. Mm. And then the party pulled off. I'm like, hey, bro, we can do. You you understand our position. You can be carry this in the um, octagon. Why behind we are trying to push, mm. you know. Did <sighs> you try to make a deal with crypto.com? No. No? Crypt- at that moment, crypto.com, they don't care. Right. Because they have a deal with the UFC. They have the deal with the UFC. And you're going to wear it whether you like it or not. Right. You don't have a, a say. Mm. And now I'm like, I think this is messed up. Mm. I, I need, we need to solve this. I need a sponsorship. I need a right to have my own sponsor. Uh, which fighters should be able to have two, three sponsorship on their, on their gears. I mean, I understand that we want to make this ball grow make it nice but we can you can also meanwhile you can have a department who check all the sponsors like oh no this is not good because of this reason mm-hmm. it doesn't represent the sport well right right but there are a lot of good stuff out there that will also help fighter to you know to provide to get a little more money and um that was another discussion i'm like oh can't do that. Mm. That's not I'm like, okay. So what is working exactly? They make me some kind of like a proposal which I don't know, who doesn't even make sense. But and the other one was like um <laughs> because of the fact that I was in this position for so long and I was just so powerless. The reason why I stay in this position why I keep holding my crown was big only because in the contract there is what they call the sunset clause. 
So meaning like after five years from the beginning, from the day you sign the contract, uh, doesn't matter what is in the contract, the contract expires. The extension they can extend you past that date. So my end goal from the begin from the moment that I know that okay, I'm gonna hold this ground, I knew that I have to face some obstacle. So my end goal was the five years, the mm-hmm. sunset. Okay. I had the sunset date date in my mind, December 9th, uh, 2022. I had that day in my mind for like almost three years. So when I was receiving all this extension letter, I mean, I couldn't fight it either way. But in my mind, I was just like, it's okay. One thing that I know, I just, just focus on December 9th, 2022, and then you will be fine. Mm. <laughs> so... After that, then I'm like, okay, if I sign a new deal, I don't know, even if there's not extension, there have been a proof of like, how could I say, in a nice way, abuse of power, right? But why are we in this position? This is the position that every fighter get into, right? I mean, be feeling powerless. We might be many hundreds of us, but it's every individual at time. We are very separated. Mm. Every case is separated. So, which means you're just weak. It's just you against the big monster, which is the company, the institution, so you can fight. How can we make it make sense? I mean, we are not going for union, but... At least you guys sometime before make some decision, how about you have somebody in the room who can understand things from our perspective because I do believe that all the posi- decision that you might make will hurt us is not meant to hurt, but maybe just because you don't understand our position. Mm-hmm. Maybe if somebody there is speaking for us, which again, I don't know who it could be, but just be mindful that okay this is fighter position mm. maybe that will help so <laughs> you go through all this and then where did it break down to the point where you had to walk away he break down um december 6 i think it was december no december 20 uh, i don't remember 2019 or 22nd something like that i had a dinner with hunter after we've been going through stuff, he said no to this, no to that, you know. But I have a focus. I know that, okay, if I give three fights here, since they are willing to take the three fights, it's going to make, you know, I don't want to break this relationship like this. I don't want it to be a war. Right. I can't stand. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand in this. But, so we can get, trying to fix things up. But when we met again, uh, that day was the first time over all this time that we have to talk about the financial aspect. I mean, he has to propose a financial aspect. Right, so he proposed it at dinner. Yeah, he proposed at dinner. And then I just like, this guy is making fun of me. Make it fun of you? Yeah. 
So it was disrespectful? It was like not valuable enough for you? N- not at all. Mm. And you're the I champ mean, at the time. Yeah. I mean, not at all. Like when you're talking about pay-per-view, then you're negotiating pay-per-view, and then you see number like 1.25 pay-buys and stuff like that, and the pay-per-view is going from six, from 60 to $80 in the past five years, and you realize that the two, one, the two, there is 0.25 that is on top of it is just out of the twenty dollar that been added on, I'm like, come on, man, it's not my first pay per view contract, and just wasn't enough money. What wasn't even about the the money, even how it was structured, even how it was. I'm like, this doesn't make sense, you know. I I went home, and I was so. I don't know, frustrated or disappointed. I don't know how I can describe. But one thing I know, I went online. I'm like, I'm missing Christmas with my family. I'm here training for a potential John Jones fight, which might not happen. What for? Seems like we're not getting anywhere close. I booked a flight that Mm. night to go to Cameroon. And I was in Cameroon in the Christmas and then couple of days after I received a text from Mick, Mick Manor, who was, you know, Mick usually sometimes just send me a friendly text to check on me. And then we talk a little bit and then he talk about the, um, the contract. Like he, he heard that we didn't come to a term. I say yes. He said like, is it anything that I can do? I'm like, I don't think so. We didn't just have a, an agreement. And um, he said, how about I make it, we, we talk again. Let's get in the meeting with Hunter again and talk. And uh, as I said, Mick always be nice. And I couldn't say no. I'm like, yes, let's try. In fact, I wish it could have worked, you know, because... To be honest, I never like really before all this. I never imagined a life out of the UFC. I thought he would be like my fighting platform until my retirement or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, clearly, things has changed along the way. So even when they came back a second time, it still was not enough. Yeah, because when they came back, and um. All this time that that we've been talking, they've been talking about the um, uh, how the what is the term back pay? Yeah, we're gonna back pay you from because if from all the fight that I've been refused, refusing to renegotiate mm-hmm. uh, the pay that they were proposing, they said they're gonna back pay me that. When they come out now, and then make pay better. And now I'm like, okay, the back pay and this and that. And I'm like, no, no, everything is in this contract. This is it. This is it. Then I'm like, okay. Well, then I don't know what to say if you say this is it. Because you're, it's against your work. You say something and now you say this is it. I still don't have the back pay, bro. 
So they proposed the back pay and then they took it no, away? Yeah, they've been proposing the back pay before. Mm-hmm. If, after the um, Siri fight, they get the uh, invite us to a dinner and then keep remind me how they're gonna back pay me right. everything because I have a a good pr- a proposal at the time, but I know that proposal and he was a good money, but I know he was just a bay to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. He was just to put the pen on the paper. He wasn't really like a good fit, like what how they want to make give me a good contract. And they get to the point that they're like, no, everything is in this. I'm like, okay, I don't see it. And uh, I was, we were kind of like silenced for a couple of seconds, like, what's that mean? I'm like, you know, then we hang out. <laughs> okay, so at that point, do you start to talk to people like the PFL and no. FC and no? No, at that point, I stopped. Uh, I didn't do anything. When we stopped that convention, I didn't do anything until like um, I started to see all these things on social media, and then I saw the din- uh, the dinner press uh, press conference. Like, oh, we get rid of Francis. Uh, yes, he's not getting any younger. He's injured. I'm like, yes, he's not getting any younger, but you were trying to have him. He's injured, but you were trying to have him. Now, you didn't come to an agreement. You're batching him. That's when I started to respond because I never really, like, want this, like, to be something on me. And I was expecting, like, maybe they go out there and just say, oh, Unfortunately, we didn't come to agreement and this and that. And thank you. Good luck. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we we move away. But that's not how they do things over there. So you decide to start talking to other people then? Yeah. And who do you talk to first? Um, people started to reach out. I wasn't even the one uh, talking to people and... You know, at that time, I just want to let this weight drop out of my shoulder. For some reason, I feel relieved. I feel relieved. There was so much pressure into that process. You know, and I was in Cameroon. I'm like, man, just live your life, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever is yours out there will come to you. Like, But I get the, uh, the first person that reached out was Pete Mary from PFL. And then I was just like, yes, let's hear him out. And he came out. We speak. He asked, like, what I'm looking for and stuff. We speak. I'm like, ah, looks good. A couple of days after, he made a proposal. I look. I mean, I didn't even ask for not anything. But when he make a proposal, I look at the structure of that proposal. I'm like, this is good. You know, everything was t- being taken in consideration. You know, obviously there is always, there is always going to be a way of to negotiate in a contract. But the way that they structured it, I was already happy. I'm like, I think this guy is trying to make me happy. Yeah, right? well, they need someone like you. Yeah. The PFL doesn't really have the big stars. Yeah. So 
But we keep that contra and at that time I'm like, let's wait. I'm not rushing to anything. Take some time and everything. And then So you didn't sign that yet? No, I didn't sign. No. We also get to a chatry. Even chatry reach out. We talk, same thing. And then cover days. <laughs> They send their own contract. But when I was putting that contract next to the PFL one, it was day and night. The PFL was much better. Yeah. Okay. In the And the PFL uh put a clause in to allow you to box? Yeah. yeah. No, no, boxing was was first to me, right? And would the PFL be involved in the boxing promotion? That was up to me. Okay. That was up to me. But they didn't really like want to it's not their expertise, but if they can help in some way or be involved in some way, again, it's up to me, okay. right? So, very independent contract. So, but I was more looking about like boxing. That's the first time that I have to, I started to have dialogue about boxing and stuff. You know, and I know there was some blood. conversations with you fighting. There was Deontay Wilder they talked about. I think they talked about Dillian White. No, who, who he, he, was, he was Deontay Wilder. We definitely we had a, a conversation with Deontay Wilder uh, team, even with him. Uh, I personally like was in the of, of, uh, meeting with him, conference with him, that we were talking about a potential to fight him. Mm-hmm. So and that was that was going well, and I think even to this day, we we are kind of like open about it. It's just uh, along the way he has the he has a potential opportunity right away that they say okay we we had like to pursue the conversation about uh, what we have here, and he was for us he was understandable. Where I'm like okay. Then let's explore, maybe after. And then right after that, I have my own. We, I started a conversation with, um, with um, for the Fury fight. Yeah. Because I get a call. I was, dri- I was driving to, yeah, I was driving to the airport. And then I get a call to meet in New York for, for some conversation about the Fury fight. And then when I get in New York um, next week, we schedule that on next week. I get in New York. We get to the room. I meet the people. It was the right people. We spoke. I I heard them. I hear them out. And I'm like, I, I knew them, right? And I'm like, okay, this is legit. I think with these people behind this fight, it's going to happen. That's where I now put them in contact with my team to negotiate because they wanted me do everything let's negotiate let's i'm like i don't do negotiation i I listen i talk about like how i would like things to go but i don't like to negotiate personally right oh i want this i deserve this i'm that you know I'd rather have somebody do that on my behalf. Right. Somebody do that on your behalf, and you want to respond to a good deal. You want to a, a good, good deal. deal brought to you. Yeah. Okay. I want somebody. It's always good to have somebody in the mirror that would take the temper of both parties. Right. Because a deal can fall off just off because 
uh, somebody is mad and this and then like his ego take over and the days off right right but when there's somebody in, in between and you always come to like okay it's it's not him right and they still think about it and that's what's happened because sometime with my team there was that they was frustrated and i'm like oh no this not working and then they will come to you and then you will talk nice you know be a nice cop have no problem i'm like no but my team is saying this because yeah. of they didn't mean to offend you, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think you know. <laughs> God, frustrating, right? Yeah, I mean, no, no frustrating. I mean, complicated. Oh, yeah, oh, but over the time, y you learn, you understand how it works, and it's pretty easy. Okay, it's pretty easy. So you're in the driver's seat now because you've left the UFC. You have uh, all these opportunities on the table. Possibly Deontay Wilder. Then it becomes Tyson Fury. So when do you know that that fight is actually going to take place? Because I know there was a June. 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 That was in June. That was in June. We locked that fight. It was concluded. Everything was set. So for all those months from December to June, you're essentially just trying to find where you're going to land. Yeah, but before that, uh, I have um, I agree the deal with the PFL. I think it was in uh, in March, but. Uh, I made the request. I say, let's just figure out what would be next, my next uh, boxing fight before we sign the deal. So you haven't signed the deal with the people? I haven't signed the deal. Is it possible? Let me ask you this. Okay. Is it possible that you go and fight Tyson Fury and then the UFC comes back to you and says, listen, let's make this right and let's fight John Jones? Is that possible? It's possible, but. That's what I want. No, it's possible. That's if, what I want. It's it's possible, but they have to go to the PFL now. Oh, because does the PFL have a contract signed? Yeah, the, you did sign a contract. Yeah, I did sign. I say okay. in March, I was it wasn't signed. Right. I signed in May. Do you think the PFL would allow that? Oh, the PFL is down for that. Really? Yeah, it's down for that. Wow. The PFL is so down the PFL for that. PFL would let you fight in the UFC. But what happens if you beat John Jones? You become the UFC heavyweight champion again. Uh, that's a problem. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be a special fight, a special belt, or something. Yeah. Maybe mm. not like a UFC belt. I don't know. Yeah, the UFC but probably I would have... not be down for that. Like yeah. You win the title and then go fight in the PFL. That would be no, a problem. no, yeah. not the title. But yeah. you know. To be honest, I don't worry about the title. The title is not what I worry about. I worry about that fight, that challenge. Yes. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't care if it was a fight without a title. You know, so right. in my, I don't need a, a UFC title. Especially with that fight. Like, right. what difference does it make? It's John Jones and you. Everybody no, that knows. fight is bigger than a title. Yes, bigger than a title. The fight is bigger yeah. than a title. No doubt. So... Deep inside me, I still have a little bit of hope, even though, though I know it's going to be hard, but yeah. you never know. Boy, that would be a big gamble for them, because if you win, then you're the champ, but you're signed with the PFL. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so June, you get the Tyson Fury bout negotiated. Did you get everything you want? Was it easy? Um... Again, you don't work in a room for a contract to get everything that you want. Right. And at that moment, I was just so happy, happy 
to get that fight happen because mm. from that fight a lot of things will be open that fight will open a lot of doubt you know sometimes uh even in the negotiation sometimes you have to see long term like what it comes with mm-hmm. now i get this fight i think is it should have be the it should have be the focus right mm-hmm. after this fight imagine hypothetically i go out there knock tyson fury out what do you think will happen for me now where does that leave me if you knock tyson fury out you're the biggest combat sports star in the world okay that's what i think so is that everything that you will want you want the cash <laughs> You get the cash. Then you get everything. Yeah, then you get the cash. <laughs> well, if you knock Tyson Fury out, the real money's in a rematch. Exactly. That's the real money. That's crazy money. Hey, that's what Are they I'm, giving you crazy money for the Tyson what, Fury what, fight? Huh? Are they giving you crazy money for the Tyson Fury fight? Yeah, they're giving me a good money. Yeah. Uh, and very great condition. I I like I like a lot of component and again. A lot like a lot of component of this contract, who was like uh, the the thing, the treatment that they were giving me, the access, how easy they make stuff for me. You know, like it's gonna be the first time that my family gonna attend to my fight, and I don't even have to think about that. Mm. They're gonna work on it. They're gonna figure out how to bring my mom, my sister, my brother out to Saudi to watch that fight. Oh, okay. So they're going to take care of everything. They're going to take care. And I the think Saudis like, know how to throw that money around, boy. And I think that's <laughs> that's that's some that's something that for me was very very important. Mm, I think I you know I could have half more money, but he wouldn't make me more happier uh than stuff like that. And you know, you kind of like work with people that you feel like okay, they are trying their best, their very best to make you feel comfortable, feel happy. Right. I think that's it's also it's also a partnership, you know. It's not like one shot, okay, take everything that I can take and go. How can we build something? Like is it like somebody that I can trust? Can we build something for the future? And then when you feel like yes, you invest into that relationship. Mm, okay. So June, they negotiate the fight. Uh, is it 12 rounds? 10 rounds. 10 rounds. Yeah. 10 rounds, and uh, they've created a new belt, right? Yeah. And um, you're happy with the money, you're happy with the conditions, you're happy with everything. So yeah. then in June is when you go hardcore boxing training? Like, when did you start, like, hardcore boxing training? I was training uh, boxing already. Um, no... No, like I was in a camp. Well, but you're recovering from your knee surgery, first of all, right? Yes. So yes. you can't kick and you can't wrestle. I can kick. I can wrestle. I mean, obviously, you have to be careful. I have to be careful. But how is the knee now? 100%? I have. I don't have to worry about like kick wrestling. Right. Just knee. Uh, my knee is probably ninety percent. I mean, when you get a knee surgery. Did you get any stem cells or anything? Not yet. How long are you in town for? I had a, um, a PRP. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving tonight. You're leaving tonight? Yeah. There's a company in Austin, Ways to Well, <clears throat> that I wanted to hook you Ways up to with. Ways to Well, that does yes. Stem cells. I, get, I get in contact with them. I yeah. even do, uh, get them to do my exam. And I think uh, Eric uh, Nixick put me in contact with um, With Brigham? He sent me a contact. 
Uh, I can take yeah, care of that we, too. We bring him. Yeah, I can take yeah. care of that too. I can About the same, sir, if we have yeah. the time. And I think you should I do gonna, that. Yeah, I think I'm going to give you the shirt. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know. It'll help you. It it's definitely very, will. It's very important to take care of, to, man, to maintain the vehicle. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And what a vehicle it is. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, when you're gonna put it in a big tr a crash like this, so yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, because Tyson Fury is a big, is a monster. He's a monster. I, st I stand next to him. I'm like, damn, this guy is big, right? <laughs> big. I'm like, you really need to go full force. <laughs> yeah, he's a big fellow, and he's very good, very skillful. Oh I mean, man, you, you jump into the top of the heap, and maybe then, ever. And then I was there at the press conference next to him. And I'm like, yes, look, my fat belly. I'm uh, I'm a fat pig. I'm this. I'm like, don't you fool me. Yeah. I have seen you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like, tricks people with that yeah. belly. I'm like, don't you fool me. Don't you trick me, Tyson. <laughs> I have seen you box, and you doesn't box as a fat anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, because he doesn't. He's an animal. If you just focus on his body, then you'll be like, oh, I think easy job. No, right. man. When yeah. the guy's in the ring moving, you, I'm like, okay, is it like something that they are remoting or something? I'm like, no, don't you fool me. No, he's very, very skillful. Yeah. Very skillful. But, yeah. you know, you have probably the most sensational punching power I've ever seen in the heavyweight division in the UFC. Um, it's you and Derek Lewis. You're the may, two biggest knockout artists ever. Maybe, but again, uh, I think in the heavyweight division, everybody can knock yes. everybody out. Yep. The problem is to connect. Yes. That's the most problem. Bro. Yeah. When you walk, to everybody hit somebody in the shin, right. it's going down. But can you How connect? How to connect yeah. the delivery system. And yes. uh, it's something that I, uh, I heard once from Teddy Atlas. And uh, it stick on my mind, like the delivery system. Mm. You can have the biggest missile, but if you can hit your target, right, it's useless. So when do you get involved with Mike Tyson? When did that start happening? In whoosh, in training? Or? Yes. Because I've seen videos of you training with Tyson. How much have you trained with him? Uh, not so much. He comes time to time. Not always. He's not always with me. But if you look like four years ago, exactly four years ago, uh, and that's when uh, Tyson and I, we started hit each other on social media. Mm -hmm. And four years ago was the first time that I met Mike Tyson. I was on his uh, podcast, The Hot Boxing. And uh, one request that I uh, initiated at that time was like, whenever I fight Tyson Fury, would you be in my corner? And he said, yes. I put, that is that's even on my Instagram. It's still on my Instagram. <laughs> like the next day, I put that as a caption. Like he said, uh, I asked him if he can, he will be in my corner whenever I fight Tyson Fury. Nice. And nobody believed that this could have happened. Like, okay, cool. Then what? And uh, when I get the fight, I'm like, bro, that thing is happening. That thing is manifesting himself. Wow. <laughs> and so. Tyson agrees to be in your corner and do, who are you training with mostly for boxing? I'm training um I'm training with Dewey. I also get Dewey Cooper. Dewey Cooper. Yeah. Um I also get this uh, this guy from France named uh John Bumba that uh, I used to work with him. Work my train my boxing with him. He's a young uh very young guy, you know. But 
I like his style, the way that he his approach and stuff, and I really have a good connection with him. So, WhatsApp, uh, I reached out. I mean, even before the fight, I was working with him, taking me taking him in Cameroon, get some training already. And then when the fight get announced, I talk with him. Then I brought him out. So he's in Vegas with me. And so you started your journey in martial arts. You initially wanted to be a boxer. Yes. And then when you went to an MMA gym, they convinced I, you to I, I, When I went to France. Right. Yeah. No, he was even in a boxing gym that they convinced me to be an MMA fighter. Really? A guy from a boxing gym named Didier Carmon, the first boxing gym that I get into. But he was also a martial artist himself. himself. And uh, he said, bro, I think you have a very good potential. Uh, I think your best outcome now regarding your situation, because I was still homeless at the time, I think your best outcome would be MMA. If you, that's, I'm like, what's MMA? <laughs> he started to explain to me, like, you know, come, I'm like, ah, okay, that sport that they do in the cage. He said, yes. I'm like, ah, I have seen it. He, he said, if you train some rest, uh, take down defense and jujitsu, what is jujitsu? <laughs> started to explain. I think you're going to be a UFC champion one day. What is UFC? And how old were yeah. you when this was happening? 27. That was in 2013. <laughs> it's so crazy. that you June 2013. People don't understand that you started this journey as an MMA fighter so late in your life in compared yeah. to most. Like a lot of these guys, they're training when they're 14, 15 years old. They're in MMA gyms and having amateur fights. Yeah, and I forced I forced my way into a MMA, and that's why like there was a lot of things that I didn't understand properly. I didn't learn as a uh, athlete growing up, and uh, until I get to a steepy fight, the first steepy fight, man, that steepy fight taught me a lot about <laughs> combat sport. Yeah. After that fight, I was at the press conference and telling people like, I think I have learned more in this fight because he have been what almost just four years four years and a half since i've been doing but not even four years and a half since i've been doing mma when right. i first did it the f first Crazy. time yeah and i s said i i learned this night tonight tonight i learned more than i have learned in the past four years in th this game and i think people didn't understand but i meant it <laughs> well you certainly showed it in the rematch you certainly showed it in the yeah. rematch. and daniel cormier pointed it out he said patient francis you were patient in the second fight you didn't just rush out and try to take him out in the first round Be much more dangerous yeah because my all my previous fight before stipe i wasn't rushing rushing on anybody what about Rosenstrike? you kind of huh? rushed him that was after yeah i mean oh, before, before the first before, before the first fight right. i wasn't rushing off on anybody i was knocking people out without rushing Right. The mistake, the thing that I did is like I get to the point that I really started to think about the knockout, which is something that I never thought about it. It just happened. Right. Then I started to think about it. So that's where you I was trying to make yeah, it happen. I'm trying to make it happen. And obviously at that time, there was a lot of pressure on me and everything. Yeah. So I was, I feel like I have to give a result. So that's why I was rushing. So I understand that night. I I went back and watched that fight, and I saw me fight. I'm like, who, who is that guy? He just looked like me, 
but I don't recognize why he's rushing, why he's doing this. So then I understand. I'm like, okay, maybe you just have to go back to your previous, the previous way, the previous you, and then things will be fine. Then well, I went back to my. The in the rematch, me. not only were you the previous you, but you were a way better version of you. Mm -hmm. You were very calculated, very technical. He was. It was four years. Uh, what three years after? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So of course I have learned. I'm in the sport to learn. I know that I have a deficiency, so I pay a lot of attention than those people that grew up as a athletes. You know, doing different sport. Um, I always take that uh, very seriously. The fact that, I mean, maybe sometimes my power hurt me to get away with stuff. But I know that I have a deficiency, you know, as a, uh, as far as experience and everything, even techniques, uh, because sometimes I hear people say, oh, yeah, he didn't train wrestling in a training camp. I'm like, bro, come on. You think two, three months training wrestling in a training camp will out-wrestle somebody that been wrestling his entire life? No, you can't. You can just find a way to go around but you know so that's how that's how i process things i think about the advantage i always think of myself as an underdog so what did you change in your training after the first tpa fight did you change anything first of all i understand how to train properly i understand how to train properly and again i just think about everything as a deficiency i used to think that uh sometime I'm like, oh, yes, he has a good striking. He's a boxer. He knocked people out. I'm like, no, I have no good striking. Everything has to uh, involve, you know, whether it's my striking, my wrestling, my jujitsu. That's why people keep training. The day that you think like, oh, I'm good at this, that's the day that you start to go down because mm. you, you can't you can st stay in the same place like this. Right. You're going to permanently try to go up and even if you are not going up, that's how you can maintain your position. But if you stay comfortable with something, that's the day that you start to lose it. Mm. So I changed everything. I focus on everything, like all the aspects. You know, he really, that fight really hurt me a lot. I think about my diet. I think about like the discipline stuff. I mean, usually I'm. I'm pretty. I'm a, I'm good with discipline, but I still think about everything. Put everything in prospect. Like, okay, is my diet okay? It, by the way, after the Stipe fight, I decided to cut soda out for couple, couple while before, and since then, I never drink soda. You were drinking a lot before. I, oh, a ton, <laughs> a ton. Even in training camp. A ton. <laughs> in training camp, I was eating croissant, everything. I was like, no, I'm heavyweight. I was just focusing about my weight and not about my uh, condition and all those aspects. I didn't know. You know, the f night before the Stipe fight, I was in the Foco de Chao eating all those steaks. That's good. Really? Yeah, that's good for you. Before the fight? Meat. Oh, no, it's not good at all. Not good? Not at all. What's I was heavy as shit. Oh, you ate too oh, much. Yeah. Did you eat stuff with the meat? Like potatoes and rice? and? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's where it is. 
the night before the f- a couple like maybe two two hours or m- maybe one hour before worked in the arena i was at fukurichao an hour before you went to the marina yeah wow no in the arena yeah because i i went to the arena like maybe two hours before the fight but three hours is not enough to digest to digest those yeah. all those meat and stuff yeah and so in that fight you learn all the lessons and then you change your diet you uh, enhance your discipline and you keep working on all your skills yeah then you know how we are talking about, we were talking about patient mm-hmm. that's how i walk into the stipe the directly with fight with like constantly tell myself be patient and i was there just like telling myself i think I wasn't even in that fight. I was there, but I was still fighting Stipe. I was mm. like, no, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. You're still thinking about getting tired in that first fight, getting taken down, getting control. No, really. I was just about? thinking about like patience. Patience. Just yeah. patience. But I over, I overdo. You overdid it. You know, I overdid it and it was too much. That's how it turned out. But I was like, patient. You get this. You get yeah. this. That's why at the end of the fight, I'm like, is it over or we still? I was confused. Mm. I didn't know that he was even the third round. Really? Oh yeah, I was really messed up uh, mentally. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought we st- I still have a round. Oh, so what was that feeling like? <laughs> and my corner was telling me. I mean, they was telling me everything is good. Like, okay, I think you get one round. The second round, maybe you get this. I don't know. And so I, I feel like everything was right. So my mind was playing me really bad in that <laughs> fight. <laughs> so what was it like when you went back and watched that fight? I didn't watch. You didn't watch it? Yeah, I feel bad. Mm. You know, I feel like I waste a bullet. Mm. An important bullet. Yeah. And then... That uh, sets you back. Yeah. I feel very bad. And then the reaction about it how the way people react about it, you know, you get to the point that I kind of like tell myself like, okay, screw this, fuck everything, man. You know, um, the reason why I get into combat sport, basically MMA, was because it was fun. I was never going to do MMA. I was, I just kept training like, oh, it's fun. I like it. Let's keep going. Then I realized that that fun wasn't there anymore. And that's why I was falling down because I start focus on about what people think, people reaction, people feelings, and then I forget the reason why I started the sport. Mm. So now I get the second fight against Curtis Blade in China. I'm like, okay, this might be the end. I don't think if I lose this fight, it's gonna be good for me. Right. But at least <clears throat> I earned it. I earned it how I started. Just by fun just go there enjoy yourself have fun and don't worry about what's next and then 45 seconds the guy was down mm. and then ken velasquez 25 seconds the guy was down i was just there to have fun uh junior dos santos the guy was down i'm like seems so like having fun you found your yeah, groove again. yeah like having fun is exactly why i'm doing this and it's why i'm good at it Mm. let's just do it you know mm. so i don't i try not to put pressure on me on me i'm like every fight i'm like i'm gonna go there do my best make sure that i 
everything that should have been done is done on my end and the rest i don't control it have you ever worked with a sports psychologist man i don't believe in that i try <clears throat> no I, no i don't believe i think everything is in our mind what you you can go out there trying to f find all those stuff but you have it in your mind right. you can speak to yourself right you can question to yourself i mean I don't need a sports psychology to tell me why I'm doing this. It's out of passion. I do this because I love it. It's it's not a job. You understand? Yeah. I question myself like why did I get here? How come did I came from where I came from and get here? Then I find all those reasons and then therefore I put my my stuff together, right? Maybe some people do. Some people clearly need people to like uh, uh, help them to control their self. Uh, I see that in a lot of fighters. Basically, they need like a coach or something, somebody to tell them what to do. Like they don't know, like to tell them what time to train. Mm -hmm. Like you know, you have a fight. You're gonna you schedule your training at this time. You have this and this to work on. You can schedule that and get there every day at the same time uh, do your thing go home get ready for another day but some people do need somebody to get them that so do you schedule all your training yeah everything I schedule everything really yeah and my team i organize all my team you know mostly about people that i feel the good energy about because Again, I don't believe in so many things. I don't believe in like, oh, this guy is the great, uh, he's a great trainer, he can do this. No, I believe that everything comes from a fighter and the energy that people around him can bring, can help him win. So when I, in my team, I favor people energy, people like how the energy that they brings around, you know, I favor them and that's how I judge if somebody is best or not. Is by his energy, mm. and that's how I get along with uh, pretty much everybody of my team. We, I judge everybody based on his energy. If I feel like this is, I rather have a good person next to me, and then, not to say my my team my team is great. They are all great. Everybody is very professional, um, commit. But if I feel like somebody has this energy and not even great as great i prefer that person than somebody that is g great trainer and don't bring that energy because mm. the energy is very important yeah you yeah. know when, when you start to get tired when you're in the tough situation the voice that you can listen and to trust is right. more important than the technique that you can learn you can know all the techniques in the world and if you get there, your mind is not right. You are not doing shit. Mm. Yeah. 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 So but, the energy of the people you got, that's all down. You yeah. got a great trainer, Dewey Cooper. He's yeah. fantastic. I, I, get, I still get um, I get Dewey Cooper, even Eric. <clears throat> Eric Nixick. Eric Nixick. Amazing. We're still, we're still in here. Because um, I remember even how we get together, he wasn't most like a coach. I was in a fighting junior Dos Santos. And uh, I have only Dewey Cooper or with Markel on my team. And I reach out, I ask Markel, like, we should bring somebody in the corner or something. And he talk about Eric. And I'm like, 
always meet Eric around and he's nice. And I'm like, yes, let's try him. And then he, we get to the locker. Suddenly, I feel the energy was great. You know, I'm like, man, this is good. Mm. I like this vibe yeah. in, my, in my team. That's for me is enough, mm. you know. That's why, like, sometimes I understand. Once I saw Mike Perry, he went to a fight with only his wife in his corner. And then people <laughs> was criticizing him. I'm like, I understand him. Mm. He's doing the right thing. He understands how the games work. He just wants a voice that can speak to him when he's tired, somebody that he trusts, right. and all those stuff and everything. He already knows how to fight. Yeah. He yeah. knows how to fight. Yeah. Because nobody is going to raise your hand and punch on somebody's head. Right. Or like nobody is gonna uh, dodge a punch for you. Nobody gonna say, "Oh, knock him out now." You know, right. it's just it's fighting game is mental, more mental and improvisation. Mm. So you schedule everything. You schedule your strength and conditioning. You schedule your sparring. You schedule everything. You just do it all based on how you feel and what you need to get done. Um. No, like I schedule, I mean, I get a uh, strength and conditioning, for example, uh, for this camp. I get the uh, trip hour is out here with me. So we we talk about the goal. What is the goal? What is the deficiency? What do we want? To, where do we want to get by the fight? We we are 12 weeks out. Okay, what is what we want to work on? And what is would be the good space? Then we get that as schedule. Then with the boxing team, we speak around. But I always try to uh, get my team together so sometimes they can just work together. They don't always need to come to me on staff. You know, they can. My team can communicate together on the also on my schedule. But yes. So when you train and you do strength and conditioning, are you using a heart rate monitor? Are you paying attention to your resting heart rate? What it's like when you wake up, your heart rate variability? Do you get involved in any of those things? Uh, Sometimes, not always. Uh, Sometimes I, I even do the test to see where I am at. VO2 you know? max. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, even the VO2 max. But we focus on... Um, I think like the most important thing for me right now, my endurance. Mm. It's all about my endurance, you know. Do you have other injuries other than your knee? Uh, injury, no. I mean, you get sore, you get little. Right. If you get to a training camp uh, to the end without pain somewhere, then you better worry. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't do it now. Yeah, you probably yeah. didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's the thing. That's he the always, reality of the that's sport. That's the reality of the sport. You can like train hard for three months and feel great every day and don't feel like something's wrong. No. Right. That's mean. Yeah. You're not doing something right. <laughs> Is it easier to train for boxing because you don't have to do the wrestling, you don't have to do the kicking? Is it like less likely that you get injured? Uh, sometimes you think so, but when you get there, it's different. You know, like in the first two weeks, uh, in the, it wasn't even a training camp. It was a pre-camp. My first two weeks in boxing, straight boxing, I felt that I felt the different. Of, of course, you get excited, excited because, oh, you're not going to kick or take down or this. It's just boxing. Uh, oh, you're not going to. Uh, you don't risk injury for your knee and that because now I always think about my knee. 
then you get there you start to hit meat hit parts do all those stuff always your uh, hands up and then your shoulders start to hurt then you throw more punch in two weeks than you have ever thrown in the training camp in the two month two three <laughs> month training camp then i'm like ah there is a different you know your shoulder feel di- feels different yeah. like it's not the same thing in mma you throw one two kick one two three kick one take down uh daily boxing wrestling yeah. cage wrestling all those stuff now in boxing your hands has to go all the time and when he's not going he has to be on your face protecting your face otherwise mm. you're going to eat that punch clearly yeah so when you prepare for a fight like this you've never had a big professional boxing fight before <clears throat> and this is the biggest of all time i mean you're you're literally fighting the greatest heavyweight of all time yeah uh, how do you know when to peak how do you know like when you're ready cuz you haven't done this kind of training before uh you will never be ready. Even at the fight night, you will always think like, oh, if I have this, maybe I should have done this instead. Maybe I, this would have helped me. You know, when is the good time you have to go? So you just have to make sure to get there in your best, you know. The best you can do. The best you can do without burnout because there's also a balance in between right. because if you overdo then you burn out by the time you get to a fight that's why i was asking about heart rate monitors and, yeah. and checking your resting heart rate and heart rate, heart rate variability because one of the best ways to find out if you are overtrained is to check your resting heart rate when you wake up first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and if it's up eight beats a minute ten beats a minute most likely you went too hard and then they they'd suggest like an active recovery day a lighter training day well, you're, you're still moving, you're still working on technique, but you're not pushing. You're not really pushing. And you, uh, even when your heart rate monitor indicate that, uh, I used to use uh, the Aura watch, mm-hmm. and when it, indic- it almost indicate how you feel. You yeah. feel it. Right. You know, there is a, you, and then when you have a good team, they can also measure the, uh, the uh, mass of your training, mm-hmm. and they can also walk around it. They know, okay, Monday and Tuesday, we went hard on this. Wednesday has to be slow on this, you know, maybe work on technique mm-hmm. or like on the strain, on this and that, all those aspects. And that's why a team is very good about because you can like by yourself think about everything. Mm. No, no, you, you need other people. Yeah, yeah. You, you need other people to help you make because uh, things get so big. You need other people to help you, and everybody is kind of like he have his own department to worry about. Mm. And um, so, when you're training, how much sparring are you doing? How many days a week? Um, three or two, sometimes it depends. Again, how you feel and how the recovery been. How was the sparring? You know, sometimes you you get sparring and you feel like. Yeah, even though you did the amount of run round that you ha- you supposed to do, but you wasn't that intense and this, then the next day no, maybe you keep you push again, you know, and sometimes you just go to a sparring, and uh, that's when it's hard. The guy gives you a hard time. You push the pace is high, and this. Then next day maybe you need to recovery 
not like recovery, but slow it down, give your shoulder mm. some rest because you always end up on maybe heavy backs. Like it's all about that balance. But it's like two trees, a w- two three a week. And are you sparring with any world class heavyweights? Um, world class uh, so far, no. The only guy that I used to spar with, which is a world class heavyweight, it's Carlos Takam. And he's now just coming in the training camp because uh, he's also going to fight in a, on the on the card, yeah, which is a world class. And um, we're gonna get um, there. We were talking about some guy that we were bringing, like experienced fighters, uh, boxer to spar. What is it like for you <clears throat> to spar boxers and not be able to kick, not be able to take them down? Does it? create any adjustment for you i wasn't an expert of kicking either way so but you kick hard <laughs> again i wasn't an expert of kicking you might and not i be wasn't an expert. an expert of taking down right. <laughs> that's true but you did defend your heavyweight title a lot of it with wrestling because of your knee yeah because i couldn't do that was the only option that i had right. you know i couldn't i wasn't comfortable moving right i was you went, we should tell people you went into that fight to defend your heavyweight title with torn knee ligaments. Yeah. Your knee was fucked up going ACL, into that fight. ACL, MCL. Uh, That's crazy. Um, meniscus. And you're fighting Cyril Gaon, who's the most agile, light-footed heavyweight He moves in the everywhere. Like, I'm like, okay, you need, I need to figure a way. Nobody moves but, like that guy. Yeah. But one thing uh, that hurt me into that fight a lot, I believe in myself. Mm. I know that I'm going to get him. I wasn't looking for knockout. Once again, I wasn't looking for a knockout, but I know that I'm going to have my opportunity at some moment in the fight. Mm. That's where, like, the first two rounds, I was literally, like, worried about how to move and this and that, like, oh, my knee, oh, this, you know. But I was still confident. And after the first two rounds, I'm like, man, I'm losing. It can't end like this. No, not like this. We need to to do something. Switch off. it up. <laughs> to switch it up, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, yeah. Was that a, a a satisfying victory for you, though, knowing that you could beat one of the best heavyweights in the world with only one leg? He was the I satisfying. Yes, by far the best, because there was I was it wasn't one fight at that night. That night, I was fighting like four opponents. I was fighting my demons, uh, my knee, this, everything. The contract. I was, I was fighting the contract. I was fighting the narrative. I was fighting mm. everything that can go wrong. Mm. And uh, and I couldn't strip this fight better than this. If you had asked me, like, how would you like to win? I would say knockout, obviously, which is the easiest way. Right. But everybody predicted me to be like, okay, he has a chance in the two first round to knock Siri out. After that, his power is going down. Then his cardio is going down. He has nothing. It was the completely opposite way. They say, oh, Syrian Gun has a cardio after two rounds, after a fight. He can fight two fights a night. I'm like, bro, come on. Depends. You know, and at the end of the fight, I'm like, I'm not sure that he's ready to fight another fight, to take another fight on tonight. Mm. You know, and uh, unlike what they predicted, I lost the two first round, and I started to win from the third round. 
which is like the mm. contrary of what they predicted. Yeah. So. But nobody knew that your knee was that fucked up either, though. The <sighs> UFC, the UFC knew it was injured. They let you wrap. No, no, it, right? they know. They know everything. They knew everything. Yeah. When I did the MRI, he went to Dr. Davison, and mm -hmm. then when he was explaining it to me, he said, "Only uh, four people know about this by now: Dana, Hunter, you, and I." That's when he was how he was explaining. Did you consider pulling out of the fight? <sighs> I thought, <clears throat> yeah. In you know, in the perfect scenario, I would have pulled out a fight, you know. But I, I didn't want to give them an opportunity. Another extension. It wasn't about the extension. He was just to bury me. Mm. I don't want to give the opportunity to bury me. Yeah. You know how, <clears throat> you know how in this world they say, okay, I'm gonna die with my saw in my hand. Yes. Yeah. It was about. It was like, okay, I'm dying with my saw in my hand. Yeah. Poof. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But. When I heard about, when they explained me what was going on in my knee, I was very, um, I was very worried. Then for somehow I call, I, I call, I, I call Kamaru or he called me. Anyway, we were in the phone and we were talking and he was explaining me like uh, what he had and this. And I remember once I saw him in Vegas when he fought, I think it was Kobe Covington the first time and the guy was messed up man he was walking like this in the five week getting caught his own shot here and there I'm like damn this guy is going to fight no maybe it was Ty Tyron Woodland said so this guy is going to fight on Saturday I was so worried I feel bad about it man at that night he was sharp like, mm. This is the guy that I saw him on Wednesday. He w was barely able to work. He was sharp. And I know exactly what was wrong with him. So that kind of like hurt me to believe that, man, when comes the moment, you know, fighting your fighting instinct would take off. Kamaro is so strong mentally. Oh, man. If people knew how bad his knees are. His knees are so bad. He has to go backwards downstairs sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And then you'll be like, oh, his hips, his this. I'm like, bro, you can't pull out the fight. No, he's going to fight. And then he show up to the fight. Looks perfect. Looks perfect. I'm yeah. like, there's no way that he's, <laughs> you know. So I kind of like, that's kind of like inspiring me, like, feel better about myself. I'm like, man, I can't do this, you know, like. It's not over yet. Right. I still have something left. So yeah. I keep, even though I couldn't train anymore, I couldn't rest, so I couldn't do anything. And I was three weeks away from, three weeks and a half away from the fight. So I started to focus on my air bike, you know. Cardio. Cardio, up work, you know, body work. But wasn't wasn't easy. But I think my air bike hurt me a lot because from not being trained, for over three weeks before the fight and get there like that wasn't too bad that airbag's a motherfucker the air bike yeah hey air assault i, I, I use the echo bike the rogue echo bike no I, I always use the assault i like the assault one you know yeah. i like the grind like mm -hmm. you feel the monster yeah. yes you feel the monster <laughs> like you're pushing <laughs> to your knee such so, a good workout yeah 
I, I have it in my uh, living room. I sat in the room and put the TV in front, and I will ride that thing like for hour. Mm. Yeah, to work on my cardio. Yeah, it's amazing for cardio. It's my favorite machine. And for heavyweight, you better. It's not great for you being out there ro- running right. in the concrete mm-hmm. or putting all those weight on your joint. Right. With with the uh, as with the air bike, you do the same thing without putting all those stress into your joint. I'm like, man, I think this is like probably the best device for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the best device for a lot of people. It's a phenomenal piece yeah. of equipment. So what else were you doing for recovery? Do you get massages? Do you use the sauna? Do you use the cold plunge? What else do you do? Physical therapy. I just get a cold plunge from plunge. Um, and then uh, I, set it, I set that up. I was able to make it work this week. Um, I use that. I do the hyperbaric. Uh, oh nice yeah I do the happy berry chamber I have a friend in Vegas who has a um, uh, a happy berry uh, store so she's even partner partner with Misha Tate uh, oh, okay and uh, Janelle they have a uh, Desemun uh, hyperbaric so I go there sometime they have this hardcore one I used to like get someone in my house but he will be the soft one. Yeah, it's not as good. Yeah, it's not as no, good. No, you he, want a you real can, one. Yeah, you can also, I think that can only go to 1.3 or something. Yeah, you want two. Yeah. Yeah. With with the hard one, you go to say, two. Yeah, we should explain. I mean, it's uh, two environments, two, two, uh, t- twice the normal oxygen environment. Yeah. <clears throat> so I go to the, I go there time to time, dive into that thing. Yeah. No, that's phenomenal for recovery. Yeah. That's great. So you're using all most sophisticated materials and equipments and what about supplements do you do you have someone who monitors your supplements and your nutrition i try yes for nutrition always uh when i have a fight i have a chef yes yeah i have a chef i always do do that when i have a fight um but for supplement i don't know i never able to like connect with to like get along with supplement i always like i don't know Take them, don't take them, forget yeah, to take, take them. Yeah, take them, don't take them. I used to be at the PI, and then uh, Glenn, they would always like get those back ready for me, and with all the um, the vitamins, the and vitamins, and how to take it every mm-hmm. day. And I would take it like two, three, four days, and after just quit. Yeah. Did you notice a difference taking it or not taking it? I don't know. <laughs> it's all hard, right? I don't know. It's, it's all hard. It's really hard. <laughs> One but, thing that you don't have to think about with this fight is your weight. Like you don't have to make the two hundred sixty-five pound weight limit. Well, what uh, like what are you walking around? It's, at? it's still it's still different because like the weight limit. Uh, when even when I fight MMA, sometimes I get there at two sixty below two sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. It's not because I'm cutting weight. It's You're because, not thinking about it. Yeah, I don't. I'm not thinking about it. I mean. I do work in order to like get my weight down, but I don't cut weight. I don't like have a big process of right. uh, diet, you know, to cut weight. No, I just okay. train properly and eat properly with the chef and sometimes by myself to get there. But um, even now, I still have to think about it because I quote, based on the game plan, you know, I don't want to have an extra 10 pounds, unnecessary 10 pounds on me. Right. But at the same time, I don't also want to lose 
strange because, as I said, this guy is a big dude. Yeah. And uh, he has excuse to like like to le- uh, like to lean, lean on, on people, yeah. people weigh them down, stuff like that. You know. I want. I think there's gonna be a little bit of a wrestling there. I need to get my strength right. So he has to be a balance. And um, I walk around like. 275, 280, my normal weight, walk around weight, but I think might get in the fight at 265. I don't know. It depends on how we decide to this to go. Mm. Yeah. So without giving away too much of your strategy, how do you envision this fight taking place? Like, what you've never boxed a heavyweight like him before. You obviously have tremendous skills and power. What? How do you envision this fight taking place? Well, it's very hard to envision. You know, um, sometimes I just visualize the fight, me there in the ring. I suppose I'm going to be the blue corner, being there waiting for him to get in the ring. He, know all this, he knows all the size of the ring. He's been there. He knows all the corner, how to move, how to cut everything and I'm gonna be there figure out how to cut the ring you know it's really hard I think I just gonna focus on like being composed you know don't think about too much stuff and again I would like the knockout but you know Tyson is very slicky and uh, yeah you can go like you want to knock him out so I'm preparing in the way that this fight can go all the way to 10 rounds. Mm. Yeah, which is uh, a disadvantage for me. I never fight boxing at that level, you know. So managing my energy, how I going to be feeling with all the pressure and the adrenaline, how are they going to be like in the 10 rounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So how can I maximize it the most? Is is about that. Is a lot of I visualize it a lot. I think about it, trying to be there that night, waiting for him, see him come, do his show, mm. you know, get there, tr- trying to do his slick stuff, you know, weigh me down, slick, dirty boxing, come close, trying to lean on my head because he's taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, yeah. But I think I gonna I gonna handle that dirty, dirty boxing properly, because usually like box, boxing guy I have seen a lot in sparring, and since everybody wanna do the same thing like Tyson, like trying to make, prepare you for that. There's still those wrestling trick that you can get into. Sometimes I like I'm like go under the shoulder mm. and step in your back. Right. Yeah. Which is something that boxers they don't do, they don't know. So, yeah, and I don't have to worry about that still. Are you going to have, like, I know that when Sugar Ray Leonard made his comeback, one of the things that he did was he had actual fights. Like, to prepare himself so he didn't have any ring rust, he would have actual fights in the gym with, like, regulation-sized gloves, no headgear, 10 rounds, 12 rounds, whatever it was. He would have actual fights. I think we had that a lot of time. I mean, yeah. we fight MMA with four ounce gloves. Right. 
right? And we don't fight with headgear. Right, <laughs> right. With kicks and everything. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. And we used to spar when you're a MMA fighter, they don't spar boxing with the protection. Right. The headgear and stuff. Right. They just go in the gym. They don't worry the size of their gloves. Right. But boxing guys, they come to the gym, everything is checked. Like, what's the size of the gloves? The check, the headgears, the this, the cup, and all the stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I do that to protect myself. I have a fight in less than six weeks. So I take all those precautions. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do that by now. You know, if I was six months out, yes, I can do something like that. Mm -hmm. But now I have no interest of doing that. Right. I know I can deal with that. I have getting, I have got hit with four ounce gloves, uh, you know, in the fight. I've been there. I haven't done boxing yet, but I've been in fighting yes. more than once. So <laughs> I'm going to be okay. And one thing that, um, and we are gonna we are going to talk about this. Um, Tyson gloves. He's he's very tricky with his glove. With I his think gloves? he's cheating. Yeah, I have heard. Yeah, I have heard a lot way? of complaint about his gloves, which is like uh, his glove has no protection. Where have you heard this from? Even when he fought uh, Deontay Wilder, yeah, he complained about that. Yeah, but uh, did direct, you ever direct, look into that? complained about that, yeah. and that's what. We are talking about the team, and then I'm like, oh, yes, the UK commission, the gloves. I'm like, bro, we're going to get there. We need every gloves to be checked. You don't tell me about this commission. All the gloves had get to be checked. I don't want. If you want us to fight bare hands, bare knuckles, let's go bare knuckles. But don't give me a 10-ounce gloves and wear an 8-ounce mm. or six ounce glove because he has no protection no. you really think he's doing that i think so i mean i have heard yeah and you, i've you, seen the deontay wilder you, you, videos but they, yeah, they, they're, I, they're I, not convincing here's why they're showing those videos in slow motion yeah. and in slow motion it looks like his glove is flopping all over the place yeah but that's just because it's in slow motion when you watch him boxing he's doing this you know he flicks 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 he shows you it pop and then he drops a big punch in but so in slow motion it looks like it's all floppy like it's not connected and you think that the gloves are really like just flopping around and where his knuckles are is where the wrap is but that's not the case because if you look at the length of his arm yeah but he's opening but he's opening complaints about his gloves yeah i don't know if they're right i mean there might not be i don't know at if least they're right I, we, I we have that. we have to check that yeah well we have I'm to sure. check that i think it's legit i think he's legit i just think he's that good no like, he's good he's good and his style oh, no. of like yeah keeping that hand loose and flicking so sometimes that wrist opens way up and it if you look at it in slow motion people are like look his glove's not even attached his glove's attached you don't know what the fuck you're talking about because after he does this he does this there's mm -hmm. no way he's doing this if his glove's not attached. It's attached. He just looses his hands because he, he, a lot of his punches, he's just showing you things. He's showing you things. Bang! He's showing you this, and then he's doing yeah. all this. So a lot of it is loose, and he's just popping you with that, like a whip. You know? Well, we, I think we have nothing to lose by double check. Nothing to lose by double check. Yeah, That's because true. There's a, there's, it's been more than once that people talk about his gloves. Right, but nobody And even his opening. Him. Even his opening. Yeah, I'm sure they talk about yeah, it. He kicks their ass. So. People looking for reasons. Like, 
Deontay Wilder thought he got poisoned. You know, he thought, he thought <laughs> right? He thought a lot of things. But, you know, that's because the guy's that good. He's fucking good, man, you know? And but, I just think that style, when you look at it in slow motion, it might look like his gloves are not attached, but they are most certainly attached. But in the boxing world, you have to worry it's about a dirty everything. World. You're right. It's a dirty world. That's a you dirty have to world. worry about everything. Yeah. That's I a mean, dirty if world. somebody says something in the boxing, you better just double check. Double check. Double check. What has Tyson brought to the table? Like training with Mike Tyson. Like mm. what? What did? What did he help you with? And what kind of strategies did he give you? And what? What kind of thought process? Like what is his approach to you fighting Tyson Fury? I mean, <laughs> asking that question makes me feel like you don't really understand. Like I grew up idolizing Tyson, Mike Tyson. Yes. Right. Everybody did. And then, as a my as having a dream to become a world class boxer, my first boxing match, Mike Tyson is in the gym like, oh no, this that that. And I'm like, come on a moment, like this is real. This is how this is where I get. So it's real. This your legit. first boxing match. Yeah, this Mike legit. Tyson's in your corner. Crazy. I get Mike Tyson cheer, like <laughs> even mentally, like just thinking like that, like hearing him cheer you on. Sometimes I'm like, yes, it's him, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not tripping. <laughs> you you know, have like, to check because it's really Mike Tyson. I'm like, okay, this thing is yeah. serious. And not only he's there and he believes that you can beat this guy. That's, that's how it is. So, like, he put his faith on you, a guy that has done everything in boxing that is there. You know, I'm like, so he see me as somebody that can do this. Mm. <laughs> we were talking about like mental stuff. These some mental stuff that yeah. are heavy, right? Not to mention his technique. Mike Tyson has a unique style that um, I'm not. I wish I had his style, but I'm not going to expect to copy his style because it's unique to him. Well, he's also built very differently. His build different. He was always short. Sh the shortest guy in the room yeah. so with his opening which is the case in this fight I'm the shortest his technique if I can get uh, and then one thing that people always see is how strong he was he was knocking people out and nobody was impressed of how he was able to move from left to right yes. and this how this footwork yes. and all those stuff how he was that short and was able to get into the distance when he wanted to hit and all the stuff, right? Yeah. Who was, which is something that's very interesting. With Mike Tyson, one best thing that you can get from Mike Tyson is the footwork. 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 Yeah. Change from left to right. Yeah. You know, because in boxing, everything is about your foot. Mm -hmm. And his footwork, his power was based on his uh, base, on his footwork. Yeah. You know, like when you have a good base, your punch is definitely stronger when you you don't have a good base. Mm -hmm. How to have that good base to send your punch when you're right. base, right? Yes. And if you look at Mike Tyson or his fight in his career, he was all about the base, the full work. Yes. I watch his training sometime uh, on YouTube still, and then you see how he's flipping. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, it's not possible that heavyweight can do it. I know, for a heavyweight, yeah. that's crazy. So here's you yeah, guys working yeah, together. Look, look, and this was this was four years ago. This ah. was the first time that I met Mike Tyson. This was in 2019. 
uh, on his podcast and he was always about his footwork mm. yeah i mean he was so well trained and when he was young the way he would move you see? in and yeah, bob look, and look, weave look, yes look. Yeah. yes and he gets you go on that knee i'm like okay everything everything in that is in the leg in the mm. tie <laughs> you do that like twice you know, i'm like okay i think i need some low body workout <laughs> i'm not strong enough <laughs> yeah he had a lot of footwork and movement yeah. and that's why his his leg is like this big mm -hmm. like a tree trunk right a lot of bobbing and weaving too yeah people forget they just think he was a hard puncher yeah just no people fight. yeah so people elusive. forget he showed you how he was he showed me how he was training for his leg you know, go all the way down and do like this uh, duck work and stuff. I'm like, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he did all his yeah. career. And people that people don't see that. They just see like, oh, he he hit hard. He's strong. You know, no, he's technical and he's hard worker. Technical, hard worker, tremendous speed, perfect yeah. technique, everything. Yeah. All the above. And yeah. he hits hard. Yeah. He hit Everything. All I mean, when you put all the all those com when you combine all those stuff, mm -hmm. there's no way you don't hit hard. Right, <laughs> right. So, is does he have an idea? Like looking at your frame and Tyson Fury's frame, does he have an idea of the way you should approach the fight? Does he give you pointers, like what he thinks that you would do that would be successful against Tyson Fury? Of course, because he his entire career he almost fight people. That like that was like Tyson Fury, right? So and that's why I explicitly uh, went to him. Went to him mm. about this fight because I feel like again, if I was able to have like a, me, let's say a quarter of what Mike Tyson have, this fight would be an easy fight. Mm. <laughs> you think so, really? I mean, there's not an easy fight, but he will be a easier fight. Mm. Wow. I mean, out of all your your day, 24 hours a day, how often do you think about the fight? Every minute? Not every minute, but... Um, well, now that you're talking about it, I don't even know that I'm thinking about a fight when I think about the fight. Right, it's just natural. It's just natural. It's my life. Yeah. You know, it's like the most important thing is what I do. Yeah. Every day. Even when I don't fight, even when I don't have a fight, I think about fight. It's just like my thing is so I can't tell exactly how often I think about a fight. But I know sometime I'll go to sleep and then he will just come in my mind and then mm. you start think, you know, start exploring those stuff. And sometimes it's exciting. I mean the most time most of the time it's exciting. Sometimes it's also nervous. It's, uh, mm. Yes, you're also nervous about like the thought that you have. You know, like, you know, I'm like, hey, man, maybe I'm missing this. Maybe I'm not taking this serious. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe that. So, which is good because after you, you have those feelings, those moments that you you're not too confident, <laughs> sometimes you wait, you're like, uh, I think... I shouldn't go to bed. I didn't do enough today. <laughs> I'm like, no, I shouldn't do enough today. Like, I need to do more. So here we are now. What is today? September 21st. So, so you're about six weeks out? Is it about? Five and a half. Five and a half weeks out. Five weeks and two days. So you ramp up now, 
and then you taper off the last week. Mm. And will you be? When will you be in Saudi Arabia? Earlier, uh, a couple of weeks out. Yeah, a couple of weeks out, three four weeks. So exciting, man! Yeah, you will be there. I wish I could be there. Walk around, process, <laughs> think about the fight. Yeah. Think about everything. Yeah. That single day, that your world gonna change. Yeah. How? What's gonna happen? What would October twenty nine looks like? What do you think is gonna happen? Gonna be a celebration. It's gonna be disappointment. What's gonna be October twenty nine morning? <laughs> Exciting, You're huh? You're gonna feel like the king of the combat sport. There it is. Oh, look at that! What's look be? at that poster. Damn, that's a great poster. Oh no, you haven't seen anything. <laughs> really? Anything at all? The production behind this fight, <laughs> insane. We have like five day production. Really? At some point, I'm like, hey guys. But the good thing about the production, wherever we are going for, the, we are going for production. I have my team with me there. I'm like, I still have to train. Regardless of a promotion, I have a fight coming up. I have to keep my training schedule. And then they bring all my entire team with me, from the chef to the coach, nutrition. Everybody is with me. So I'm like, okay. Do you have a prediction for this fight? <sighs> Man, prediction for this fight. Knocking me out. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to have a prediction because I will, I will want to follow. Right. That might stick in my mind, and I want to execute my prediction. Right. Maybe just let train properly, let it flow, get there, and let what happen happen. Just mm. fight. Focus on fighting. Mm. Make sure you fight. Make sure you're ready to give everything in there. Yeah. And some moment. <laughs> it must be so exciting for you to have made that deal though. Because everybody said that wasn't gonna happen. Yes. I read so many commentators saying Francis is wasting his time, they're never gonna give him a fight. And then that was one that that was you were asking me like um if this deal is a money. That was a money too, you know. Mm -hmm. Once again, to prove people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you motherfucker, you were wrong. <laughs> I'm right again. <laughs> well, for people who don't know your story, how you went from Cameroon and went to Morocco and got sent back, where you tried to make it across to Europe, what, seven times? Seven times. Seven times. And you were I mean, homeless I mean, I, I failed six times. Yeah. Uh, succeeded the seventh time. But that kind of resolve. And that kind of discipline and that kind of drive, that's very special. And you, I, I think you got something from that experience and to prove no, what no, you're capable no, of. No, don't think. You have to I know. I know, I know. You have to know. <laughs> like sometime, you know, sometime I think about my life. Why I was going to, uh, my upcoming, going through all this process, I was always pissed, upset. Like why all those things happened to me? Am I cause? Like what it is that... Right. And it, nothing can go right for me. But when I think about it today, even though I can go back to that path, I think it was a blessing. Mm. Because like the life lesson that I have learned from my journey 
seems like my journey was just preparing me for this moment, for the life that I'm having now. Mm. Like, you get to the point that, you know the moment that I kind of like find out that I'm rich? It's not the moment that I check my bank account and see money. It's not the moment that I own a house. It's not the moment that I had a house, uh, a car. It's the moment that I look, I check myself. I'm like, okay, what can possibly happen to me that I can handle, that I haven't seen? And I say nothing. Mm. I can handle everything. I can overcome everything. So, therefore, I wasn't afraid of anything. I can go ahead and let what happened happen. I'm not afraid of falling because I know that I have the ability to stand up. Mm. And that's what my life taught me. Again, even though I didn't choose that part, but he did taught me that way. And I think it's like one thing that carries me where I am now. Mm. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about your PFL deal. So how where are they going to get opponents for you? Like, who's in the heavyweight division right now in the PFL? Um, they're going to figure that out. So they'll, they'll probably have to hire people, just try to contract people that are... Yeah, and they are looking for an option because um, my fight's supposed to be... I'm supposed to fight in the PFL beginning of next year, February or March. Uh, so after this fight in October, you'll take some time off and then go to MMA training. Yeah. And then get ready for the PFL. I have um <clears throat> there is some legit people in the division. Uh I have this there is this guy, um Rena Ferrara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this guy is legit. Nobody is seeing him, nobody is like really talking about him. I'm like keep eyes on this guy. You're gonna see. It's like Six five, six six guys, Brazilian guy. But the way he moves, I'm like, the way he parks, the way he does things. If you check that guy, you can tell me about it. Mm. Yeah. So there's a. Um, other than that, who, who can they be? Who is in the roster right now? Ante Delia is Ante Delia, I think. Yeah. So they're Those probably going to have to recruit. Gonna find, they're going to have to recruit some top tier heavyweights if they want you to fight them. I wish. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. And Otherwise, they have to make an or a, a tournament to get a winner mm -hmm. that are going to fight. But um, I think they need some recruitment. And how many fights is your contract with the PFL? Uh, multiple. <laughs> multiple. <laughs> multiple. Five, six? No, 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 no. Oh, Three? no. No, I can't get those. You don't want to give out the details. Um, but you're uh, happy with everything, though? No, I'm happy. I'm happy the way that it goes, the way that the structure, how how I'm, the freedom that I have inside the contract. Mm -hmm. And I'm also more happy and excited about the PFL Africa. Because in the deal, we have this PFL Africa that we have to launch in the beginning of 2025 and that's how we're going to expand uh mma in africa you know it's something that i've been working on trying how to get this there and 
was hard and now I get a whole operation that's going to be dedicated for that. Uh, I mean, the work is in the process already, but uh, the gonna the first event going to be beginning of 2025. So I'm quite excited about that. I want to see some those monsters that are in Africa get there, come over and knock people out, mm. chop their heads off. Mm. <laughs> in so, the octagon one of the things you've done that's very nice is that you've negotiated a minimum uh purse for your opponents too right yeah yeah um which is i mean i don't want just to feel like a guy that goes there and grab the money okay give me the money i want this i want that mm. right and then i'm fighting this guy that probably doesn't have a chance because he's struggling he can't have a proper training you know i'm here having my fancy life my organized training i can have all the doctor that i want i can have the team that i want nutrition nutritionist this coach that 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 and then i fight a guy that didn't have a chance and he's in this big fight because without him the fight without the opening the fight is not happening so he's a part of it and now i'm like okay don't just make me look like they come the grab and go guy what is my opening is having it's gonna be a big moment it's gonna be in the big fight right what is it gonna be for him so we set a minimum of two million for him wow and again that's a minimum if it's if they get somebody that have a leverage to negotiate for more, then you can negotiate for more. Mm. But if the the guy is the guy that doesn't have a leverage, they don't just have to pressure him like, oh, no, you have to fight this opportunity. We are doing this for you. No, you are doing this for money. He better have his, uh, has his own money. So can we at least guarantee that for this magnitude of a fight, he will have at least two million uh as a purse and that was something that wasn't even difficult to have because again pfl was very open about that he was like that's our vision for the sport uh granted we didn't really? have to go back and forth for that yeah that's amazing oh we didn't that didn't take three minutes to get done because how much do you think a, an average ufc fighter is paying getting paid in the heavyweight division for a fight i don't know i don't check their contract bro Right. I know how much I was making, and sometimes it wasn't fun. Hmm. I know what I could have made, but I know that he was. I have to pay another price for that. What other price? Contract freedom. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to. So, how good was the money that they were offering you to sign for the UFC? He was good. He was good enough, but. Um, it's just the other parts of it. The terms. Yeah. A lot of... Where's the PFL getting all this money? Huh? Because they don't have a pay-per-view model. So how are they getting all this money? They are setting a pay-per-view super fight. Uh, super pay-per-view fight. So For you, I'm gonna when be you fight. Yeah, when yeah. I fight. Um, and there's also Jake Paul that will potentially oh, fight right. in yeah in the super fight. Who is he going to fight? Because uh -huh. I heard they're talking about him fighting Nate Diaz. I don't if know. If they did that on an undercard with you, that would be a big draw. You know, a because massive. their boxing match was pretty close. Yeah, that would be a massive, massive yeah. card. But, yeah, I like, 
And I do like the the PFL business model, that structure mm -hmm. as a business. So yeah. Well, my hope is that they. Well, it looks like they're buying Bellator, right? Yeah, yeah. I I heard that. Um, nothing has been confirmed. I don't know what why he's taking so long. We should have been hearing some news. If that happens, that changes a lot. Because then you get some real legit heavyweights, you get some real legit lightweights, welterweights, real legit fighters. Yeah. Imagine the the roster. Yeah. Uh, merge the merging of the roster. That would be very good. That very would be, interesting. You got guys like Johnny Elbin, who's high level middleweight, yeah. one of the best in the world. You get some really good fighters over there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But the, the, ah. you know, importantly for the fighters, there needs to be competition. There has to be options. There have to be option. There yeah. have to be competition. And at the end of the day, you, the the heavyweight champion of the UFC, leaving the UFC and going to the PFL is good for everybody, I believe, because I believe it strengthens that organization, which strengthens the opportunities for fighters. Yeah, and uh, maybe yeah, maybe open uh, a lot of fighter eyes, be because until some people, some fighters, most fighter, they have like a one-sided vision they don't see it they don't oh. even know that they have other opportunities right which is like something that uh make things very complicated for them then they're just like okay whatever what can what else can i do i have seen people that get caught by the ufc and then they go somewhere else whether it's in pfl and i'm like oh i have a wow i have a new life I didn't know that mm -hmm. I could make that much money on my career. Right. I remember once I saw a tweet, and that tweet stick in my mind. He was from Corey Anderson. Yes. After he left, he get I think he get caught or he left the USA, mm -hmm. and then had a deal with Bellator, and then he went there. He said he make a tweet like, "USA give me a career, but Bellator give me a life." Mm. I love I love that tweet. Yeah, he said he made way more money in Bellator. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. I mean, yeah. like, I after this fight, I'm going to go out there, fight in the PFL, and uh, for one fight in the PFL, I'm going to be making maybe twice or three times what I have made in my entire career or <sighs> in my entire life. That's crazy. So you understand the difference between career and life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Good for you, man. Good for you. And good for, you, for good for the whole sport. I really believe that. I, le yeah. I really believe that all that competition is good for the sport. I, I believe that too. And I think the sport is really changing. You know, like now we you get we get all those uh different organization and uh, soon we're going to have something in Africa, massive. There's already some organization in Africa, but we need to get pushed. Kamaru Usman has his own organization named, uh, I think, African Knockout. There's like some organization in South Africa, somewhere else too. And then, um, yeah, but with the PFL, the way that they're going to structure, the fund that they're going to, how they're going to fund it, this is going to be massive because we are structuring the PFL Africa as same as the PFL Europe because mm. the PFL is having a region, re, regional um, PFL. So 
every fighter from Europe, PFL fighter from Europe, is fighting in the one pool to get a champion, then we can fight in the PFL global. In Africa, they have the same, we're going to have the same thing. Whoosh, they're going to have basically or almost the same pay. And when you think about the currency, it's make this in Africa like massive, massive economy uh, investment in the economy. Mm. Because those guys are going to have money. And they're gonna start thinking about like how they train properly, where would they train with, they're gonna finance, they're gonna pay people around them, and business gonna grow around it and help infrastructure taking off and those the thing, those stuff. I'm very excited about it. And the reason why is because like sometimes I wanna train home and then I realize I can't have even a partner sparring partner, a legit sparring partner because they don't even have where to train. They haven't been training properly. You know, they don't have a high competition. Mm. They don't have stuff like that. So they can dedicate their time that much for training uh, rather than go working to provide for their family. Right. You know, but if they were able to dedicate all their time for training, how would that look like? You know, mm. I might just as well move home in a couple couple years and just chill and have my trips set my training come here mm. you know set something like what you did here in africa nice yeah and just sit there have my calm have my training partners at home you know yeah enjoying it from there and what an inspiration that would be for them so young fighters that like don't know am i ever going to have a future and then someone comes from cameroon goes to the ufc becomes a champ goes to the pfl fights tyson fury and then comes back to africa and trains I mean, with everybody. I'm back already. It's not like after fight Tyson Fury, I'm back. I have a foundation. I have a gym there. We just opened the second location. Beautiful. Uh, in Douala. And uh, this is a massive facility. That's awesome. Uh, you know, That's huge. beautiful. Yes, we were helped by a uh, betting company named Premier Bet that helped us build this massive in the city, ah, bro. Like, that's great. Yeah, in the city. And uh, we are about to build the third one. We're trying to do like some charity event, make them fight because it's boring to just train and train and train. You know, they need something to mo to get motivated by. Mm -hmm. So we put like some events, you know, like they fight, they fight people from different country. So they get, they get them excited and yes. have focus, you know. All so, right. well, and I enjoy that part. I enjoy that process. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Francis, listen, congratulations on getting this deal. Congratulations on getting this fight. And um, I wish you all the best of luck in the Tyson Fury fight and in your Thank PFL you. fights. And if you're fighting, I'm watching. Thank you. Thank you. Unfortunately, you will not be calling. I can't be calling. Come on, <laughs> I Oh, I man. I, <laughs> I wish I could. I can see you walk in the octagon with your mic. Mm -hmm. I think I'll be looking with Joe around. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be there, but I'll be there in spirit. Okay. All right. I love that. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank good you, Good luck Joe. to you. All right. Appreciate Bye, everybody. It. Bye.